0: Is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. And you have found our podcast. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much. Thanks. Now, i going to let you in know on a little secret here, friends. We are actually recording from the future. The future. <laughs> well, so it's uh, your past, and technically it's our past too, but... Uh, the version of Brent and Zach that you are about to listen to, they are from many years ago. Many uh, moons. Yeah. So we are currently in their future. And so, so what we've I done. High
1: past Zach. Hi, past Brent. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> they can't hear us, Zach. They, they, dang it. That doesn't, that's not how it works. Sorry. Uh, so we, so much has changed over the many years that we've been doing this podcast that we wanted to kind of put a bumper basically in front of some of these episodes, uh, right in the early spots. This is it. You're listening to it. Uh, we wanted to kind of tell you some a few things about us. So first and foremost, we're an independent podcast. We've stayed independent through the whole thing. You've got a whole lot of episodes to listen to. And while we make some gags about uh, advertisers at points, uh, we haven't taken a single advertiser dollar this whole time. It's just for funsies. Um, we really are having a great time doing it. And we think that uh, you honestly, I think that you're going to like listening to it. If you get past the first season or two, which is like most things, honestly, right? Like it takes a little bit before you find your groove. Uh, We do have abilities or ways for people to support our show that has changed over the years. Currently, we're using Buy Me a Coffee. You can go to our website. Uh, Zach will tell us about that in just a second. And hey, we say this in just about every single podcast that we've done. It's still true now. We've added a few more services. If you're liking what you're listening to and you want to tell somebody else about it, they can find us uh, in a lot of places, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify. Or no, we think we've had Spotify since a long time. That's from the beginning. Yeah, we also added iHeartRadio podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. We've got a little player on our website. They can find us on podcast aggregators. We're we're in a lot of different spots. So, uh, Zach, yeah, if a person wants to get a hold of us and let us know that they've uh, they've they've found us and that uh, that they're enjoying what they've got going on, how might they how might they reach out and let us know?
1: Well, that's a good question, Brent. The easiest way to reach out to us is use that old fangled technology called email. Yeah. And go walking through the stargate at gmail.com, which yep. is W A L K I N G T H R U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at Gmail.com.
0: Precisely um, as it should be.
1: Exactly like that. Uh that has always been the case. We also have a Facebook page and a yep. Facebook group. You yep. can go to that. I. Uh, Early on, we also were on Twitter, and so you'll yeah. hear us talking about Twitter. Uh, since we started this podcast, Twitter has done some weird things, and we have sure said, nope, is. that's it. We're done. Yep. yep. So our Twitter face, Twitter page and Twitter presence has disappeared. Yes. Um, since the very beginning, we added our website. We have a website wtts.space. Space. space. Uh, this is really important. This is where you're going to be able to get all of our episodes. They're all online there. Uh, You can access to, uh, there's a Facebook link there. There's a Discord link there. Yep. uh, There's um, all sorts of things there. Discord, that's a big thing. Our community lives on Discord more than any place else. That's right. Uh, So go to our website, WTTS.space.
0: Oh, space, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go to our website and click on the Discord link and join us there. Uh, The other thing that's changed is... Eventually, we decided that uh, I needed a new computing device, and yeah, so we yep. got onto the Patreons Yeah, uh, and we did Patreon for about uh, two and a half years or so. A oh, while, wow, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, we decided that that wasn't a platform that's working well for us, and so we have shifted gears to. I think you mentioned it earlier. Buy me a coffee. Yep. Uh, there are different tiers and things. You can find information by going to our website wtts.space. Space. And then clicking on the lower right-hand corner, there's a little coffee icon. Click on that. That'll get you to that, yep. uh, and you'll have all the information that you need there to support us if you wish on that,
0: Yeah, totally. And I w- if you were actually thinking about that, I would expect that you'd be thinking about that like after many episodes, not the first one.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, uh, the the content is all been free. We don't have not kept anything behind a paywall. Nope. Uh, when we had the Patreon, we had some things that were Patreon first, but all of that stuff went out onto the main feed. Yep. And you'll hear that as you go along. Um, this is just a way people said they wanted to support us, which flabbergasts me oh, frankly it's fantastic but it's awesome uh, and so this is how uh, if you want you can yep. that's all it is that's, that's all it. it is okay so uh, uh, thanks for listening to this bumper uh, I hope you enjoy uh, the episode that is to come yeah uh, and we will see you in your future
0: Yeah, uh, that's right so the all comes back full circle that's how it works absolutely alright have fun what is it it's your future it's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate, I'm Brent. And I'm Zach and we're recording episode three and talking about Emancipation, SG-1's Emancipation. I gotta tell you, Zach, I'm really excited to talk about this one. Oh, yeah? Mostly because, yeah, it is a train wreck of an episode. It
1: is an awful episode. Uh, I don't want to uh, spoil our uh, rankings at the end, but but, uh, (laughs) I'm just jump right ahead to some of the trivia here. So this episode is so bad, the producers think it's awful. And as a general... Uh (laughs) rule when they send this to syndication they skip this one that's Uh how bad this
0: episode is so this is like a rare gem in a manner of speaking not very many people see this one i I
1: had a college (laughs) professor who called things special uh-huh. And and this is a very special episode,
0: A very special <laughs> episode of Stargate SG One.
1: Yeah, uh, a couple of background in uh, facts. So this episode aired on August 8, ninety seven. And just because I wanted to, I looked up what would hap- What was happening on August 8, ninety seven? Apparently, Mariners Randy Johnson strikes out eight 8- nineteen Chicago White Sox. Uh, so, uh, as a former Chicago it- resident, I have to go,
0: oh. Yeah, and as a current Sox fan, which, as we're recording this episode in the summer of 2018, is a bit of a laugh, uh, being a Sox fan. But um, that even that still makes me sad. Yeah. Uh,
1: in other information, uh, apparently the UN approves a sale price formula for Iraqi crude oil under the Oil for Food Plan. Mm. So... There you have it.
0: Some things never change.
1: Yep. And uh, so uh, Duncan Swift, he's a famous jazz pianist, died at 74 on August 8, 1997. I'm something of a musician, but I don't know who that is. I was going to
0: say, like, I'll go ahead and admit, I don't know who Duncan, Duncan Swift. Duncan Swift. Yep. Didn't he Uh, he sound like barely breathing? Anyway.
1: No, but that's Taylor Swift.
0: I thought that was Duncan Sheik.
1: Oh well, okay.
0: (laughs) So we're we're just we're we're covering all bases here. right now. (laughs) So
1: um, the director of this is Jeff Wilno or Wilnoff or N O U G H Wilno. Who knows? I don't know how to pronounce it. This is his only SG one credit. So. Good for
0: Jeff. Shocking.
1: Shocking. Uh, (laughs) Catherine Powers is the writer of this episode. Now, this is the first of her uh, writings for uh, SG-1. She goes ahead and has something around the eight or nine uh, uh, teleplays writing credits for SG-1. This is her first. Uh, Interestingly, to talk about how much of a train wreck this is, I'm a big Star Trek The Next Generation fan as well as Stargate, so I'm kind of a sci-fi all around. And one of the Mm -hmm. absolute worst episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation is very early on in the first season, and it's called Code of Honor. It was actually written in 1987, so about ten years before this one. Uh, Both of these episodes, uh, Code of Honor and Emancipation feature a female officer being abducted and then later participating in a fight to the death. But everybody survives. Um, and they were both written by <laughs> Catherine Powers.
0: I, I think, yeah, tr- going back to the well for some uh, inspiration here. There was, you uh, go. Was Code of Honor, was that, uh, was that Tasha Yar? That was you Tasha Yar. Yeah, yeah, that okay. was, uh,
1: I think, the third episode of that series as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> Nothing if go. not consistent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that episode turned out to be uh, very racist and this and tries to be non-sexist and turns out to be very sexist so
0: yeah and it also uh, it also scores some points for being um, I would even say go ahead and be racist on this one too uh, okay okay
1: I, I'll, I I won't argue on that one
0: yeah so now nah, and so I, I I was about to say I apologize to those of you who are deep fans of the series and think that emancipation is a great example of social commentary but no actually I'm not gonna I apologize. You can call me a jerk if you want. I hope that's okay. I'll still sleep at night. But uh, yeah, this thing, oh boy, this is, this was a rough I one. I will say this that was a rough one.
1: It was very, very rough, but I'll give it props for attempting. It tried. Sure. It tried sure. really yes. hard. It failed miserably, but it tried. And so I'll give it props for that.
0: As we talk about it, so I'll give you a moment here to to sort of run us through the episode. But when we start talking about it, like, there's definitely going to be some complexity and some nuance. This is a mid 90s uh, sci fi. Sci fi is always trying to talk about social issues. Uh, This is a mid 90s episode. Like, you know, like, I get it. Now, it's really telling that the writer seems to have dusted off a 10 year old script and kind of reinserted it into it. Like, in 87, this script. Though still pretty tough and doesn't age particularly well, seems like it might be more apt than in '97. But even still, like yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get into. Yep.
1: So uh, shall we go with the synopsis here? Yeah. Uh, Tell
0: me. Remind uh, so, me again, Zach, what happened in this episode?
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this synopsis comes from the uh, Stargate Command wiki. Uh, and it goes like this, on a routine trip through the Stargate, SG-1 finds a beautiful planet named Samarka with no apparent signs of technology. They suddenly see a young man running from a bunch of rabid dogs and save his life. He is initially very grateful and introduces himself as Abu of the Shavadai, which Abu translates as the people of the steppe. Suddenly he realizes that one of them is not a man and points to Captain Samantha Carter, and exclaims, "'She is a woman!' Abu's father, uh, Mugai, and some of his clan show up, and when they see Carter, they point arrows at her. In this culture, women are not allowed to show their faces or wear the clothes of a man. Carter is offended and does not react well. Abu tells his father the woman saved his life, and the father declares Carter is thus saved from her fate at the hands of the law, and invites them all back to his village." I want to pause there for just a minute. Very convenient right there, writing. She must die. No, 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 Dad. She saved my life. Oh, okay. Well, if she saved your life, then it's okay then.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. But believe me, that was not lost on me when I saw that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll keep going. Once there, Dr. Yeah. Daniel Jackson discovers that local culture resembles that of Mongolian nomans, nomads, uh, probably from the Chegatai, Chagata, perfectly, uh, per- perfectly preserved since likely being transported from earth by the Gowuld close to a thousand years before. Now, there's some timing issues there. Uh, with the Mongols and, 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 uh, Stargate and all this stuff, but, uh, Never mind. Uh, Mugai, though a law-abiding man, is a very tolerant and open to the concept of change. Uh, the laws of the various clans of his culture state that women must be obedient, hide their faces, and remain silent unless spoken to. To prevent Carter from punishment, he places her in the care of the tribe's women to instruct her in these rules and provide her a woman's gown complete with a headpiece and veil. The remaining male members of SG-1 poorly contain their avid appreciation of her new attire. She is less than amused. While Daniel immerses himself in the anthropology, along with Colonel Jack O'Neill and Teal'c, Abu kidnaps Carter and takes her to a neighboring clan led by a fierce warlord, Turgon. Abu tells Carter he intends to trade her for something he wants more than life itself. When Daniel discovers Abu's deed, he confronts Mugai, who, having guessed his son's intentions, joins SG-1 to pursue Abu. Turgun lusts for Carter and debases her, studying her appearance as if she were an animal. Her resulting sarcasm and attitude make Turgun behave violently. Abu wishes to trade her for the hand of Turgun's daughter, Naya. Turgon refuses, instead offering Abu 300 weights of gold, or death in exchange. Abu takes the gold and reluctantly leaves. Naya is in love with Abu and becomes distressed as her father, uh, who already has the allegiance of 22 tribe chieftains, tells Naya she will marry the warlord of a 23rd clan by the next moon. Later, Abu sneaks into Turgan's camp and tells Naya he will wait in the forest for her to escape so that they may elope. If SG-1 waits until the next day to rescue Carter, Turgan will partake of his newest purchase. Knowing this, SG-1 attempts to repurchase her for 500 weights of gold. They tell Turgan that she is their shaman, and they must have her back. Turgen refuses all offers until O'Neill offers his M9 pistol sidearm, demonstrating its effectiveness by firing it at a, ground, a gourd pot. The trade is made and all four members of SG-1 quickly leave with Mugai before Turgen can learn that the pistol has a limited amount of ammunition he can't replace. During this time, Naya attempts to escape, but is captured in the process. Turgan intends to stone her to death for her disobedience. Abu begs Carter and the others to use their weapons to save Naya, but Mugai tells them this would bring war to the Shavadai. After considering the problem, Mugai explains that there is a law that allows a clan leader to challenge another to a duel in order to halt a stoning. If Turgan can be defeated in combat in the setting of this legal challenge, the stoning would be stopped and there would be no war between the groups carter challenges turgan as the chieftain of her clan turgan pulls out a short sword-like dagger while she pulls out her much smaller by comparison ontario knife she wins the ensuing hand-to-hand combat but refuses to kill turgan instead making him swear to release naya not making more with the Shavadai, and to yield to her in celebration of Carter's bravery mugai is an example uh, mugai as an example to the other clans and tribes abolishes the old laws regarding women allowing them to walk freely about the camp with their faces revealed as she one returns to earth with a new anesthetic derived from one of the local plants the end the end the end and oh. it could not have come soon enough and I love no, this kidding. show. Not, not this episode, but I love this show.
0: So, <sighs> uh, for a little bit of context for our dear listeners, um, uh, Zach and his wife came by to visit, um, me and my girlfriend when, uh, uh, in, uh, uh for a few days, uh, a couple weeks ago, and we decided to watch, uh, emancipation together. And, um, I, I, I think I'm going to be forever grateful for the experience of watching it with you, because if I had to watch this thing by myself, like it, I I think my jaw wouldn't have lifted off the floor. <laughs> um, yeah. this thing did not, this thing did not age well at all, like at all. I don't um, think I'll this launch one right aged into
1: well, the day it was aired.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, getting, getting back to that sort of that thing that we were going to be talking about where it's like, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's think about it within the framework of its time. Um, talking about um talking about issues of feminism in the late 90s um and doing so from a position of like, hey, everybody, guess what? Women aren't property. Like that feels like, yeah, okay, um, that is your minimum baseline of uh, uh, a competency. Is is <laughs> saying, you know, hey, guess what, people? Women are people too. And yeah, fine. Like you know, it's 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 a nice convenient trope to like take a look at a backward civilization. But this thing was just this thing was just bonkers we had um the the damsel in distress trope we had the uh noble savage trope we had the um the barbarian trope uh let's see what else did we have in here we had the um white dude with gun trope yep um like this thing was just a walking laugh bag and it and it was really not trying to be I mean it was trying to take itself seriously yeah. now you know this this you know, the pilot and the
1: enemy within is all basically one long story or at least two stories that are uh intimately connected mm-hmm. um and so this is the first time that s g one goes out and does their own new thing and whatnot and mm-hmm. and um uh, you know the uh, we'll get to episodes that 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 focus on Teal'c, but but you know we knew O'Neill and and Dr. Jackson from the movie and whatnot, and certainly um, all three of them got fair share of marks and whatnot in in the pilot. Um, and Smith Carter was just sort of. Uh, introduced in that one, and uh, right. so here they are. They're trying to create and show that this is a character who is uh, a woman. She's strong. She's feminine. Uh, she's um, you know part of the team, but you know she's one of the guys. But she's different. Uh, I mean, they're they're trying to do all of this stuff, right? Um, and they just. Uh, sadly they don't do a very good job of it
0: Um, well the i mean i know that you were just saying that you don't think this thing aged well the day that it was released it it really just it's looking at it 20 years later it's just it's laughable is what it is it's yeah it it it's uh like you know it, it just hits the marks it's sexist it's racist uh it's boring um, the story itself is completely predictable, start yeah. to finish. Yep. It's uh, there's also inconsistency. So, like the moment, so so uh, you know, right there at the beginning when um, <laughs> when the chief is on one hand like some kind of just like jerk saying oh, she's got to die, uh, and then immediately backs off when his son is like, no, 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 she saved my life. Um, and then, when they're in the tent it, 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 or the yurt or whatever... I'll there
1: for a moment though, okay, because mm-hmm. um, she... At best, you can say that she participated in the saving of his life um, uh, because, you know, frankly, it was O'Neal who kind of right. led the charge and was shooting the yeah. gun and doing all that stuff. She just happened to be there. And let's be... Why... Abu has no reason to... Care so much about her that that he would yeah. put himself between an arrow
0: and her, saying she saved my the, life. Uh, yeah, you. So yeah, the setup is even thin ice. Super thin ice. Now
1: that, that could have been fixed with direction. If if the direction had been, and now this is an example of why Jeff will know whenever this is his only shot. I mean, if, if she had been the one to take the initiative to, yeah. to, to be shooting the guns, to, to standing up to the dogs and chasing them away and all of that stuff, then all of a sudden that line would begin to make sense. Her being a participant in that just doesn't
0: fly for me. I think that that might be sort of a baseline uh, element as to why this why the story just feels disingenuous. Where it's you know it's it's nominally trying to speak from a position of uh, of feminism and equality, but even uh, the simple decisions of say of like you know who's going to be who's going to be leading the charge, who's going to be taking the shots, you know while while all these men are talking about her fate. You know, they're constantly cutting to these uh, B-shots of her just, like, looking concerned, right? Like, uh, I think that at the the end um, um, of—I don't know. I don't know how they divide them. It's not an act. But, you know, just before the first commercial break, uh, the camera is fixed on her face. It's a medium close shot of her just, like, you know, looking just kind of, like, worried, and not, like, worried for, like, you know, like, in a perilous kind of a way. Just, like, concerned. Because that's and then it what opens with that kind to do. Of, yeah. And then, but it's it's just not genuine. Like, you know, if we're going to give this woman agency in her own fate, um, through the story that talks about her, um, capture and, uh, her disagency uh, in her own like arc uh we need to be establishing her As a much stronger person at the beginning, and not be like, yeah, you know, yeah, broad, you look cute. Just stand there and you know, make sure that your lipstick doesn't run too much, and uh, look look a little concerned. Right. And then this, and then it just kind of echoes through there, like the one scene where she's standing around in that one dress or whatever, and the guys are just like, you know, losing their minds.
1: They're they're drooling over her. Yeah. And I'm like, it's yeah, it it just. We, we don't know these characters very well, but we know them well enough to know that they wouldn't do that. And there They're, they are even, doing that.
0: Right. Even if, even if we want to establish that they are the kind of characters that do that, it was set up in kind of a hearty har har way, which mm-hmm. re, again, it's, it's minimizing the message. So it's, it's, it's kind of telegraphing this whole thing of like, Oh, yeah, women are people, too, no doubt. Yeah, but, uh, you know, when they put on a pretty dress, the guys kind of lose it. You know, like, it's like, oh, come on, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. she puts on the dress, right. and that's the moment when Abu's like, oh, she's the most beautiful thing I've yes, ever seen. Yes, yes, like, a, right, a second. Wait a second, you're in love with Naya. Isn't Naya the most beautiful thing you've ever seen?
0: There's that, yes, but... Uh, yeah. And and I mean, and I get it, right? Like in that moment, it's supposed to communicate that there's this character who is a member of a backwards group who is using that backwards logic to say, aha, I have discovered a valuable thing that this overlord is going to want. And I can use it just like I could use like a bar of gold. And so, right, that hyper objectification is taking place. and, And therefore, the story goes into the kidnapping. And it's... And 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 for being, you know, for being uh, able to totally kick the ass of the uh, chief at the end, like, I think that Abu single-handedly abducted her. Yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. It was because he put a knife to her throat or something. I mean, so, like, but still, like, dude, your hand would be broken if you tried that and, you know. And this character was as badass as she was supposed to be. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, I have I have the 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 fortune of of knowing the rest of the story, and so I can say with with certainty that uh, um, uh, that that Carter is as badass as the show progresses, uh, as she is in that that fight scene there at the end. Sure, um,
0: sure, good.
1: Uh so you know look look forward to that Brent as you watch this I, I shouldn't break timeline yeah. but I, I will um but that that the kidnapping uh just
0: it just doesn't work it, it doesn't work It was weak work. sauce. It's just weak. And so yeah so like I, I wrote a little note to myself here that like it, I'll I'll give it a B for its intention like it, Well, you know what? I'm even backing off of that. I think that maybe the writer, that maybe Catherine um, in 1987 could have been given a B for intention um, to try to tackle a topical social issue, which which is, you know, frustratingly is still in some uh, capacities still just as topical today as it was then. But at least you could get away with having kind of a crummy story where – uh, you know, where a woman has to where a woman has to stop being a woman and be a man in order to have her value established. I will, but then I will the kind say of,
1: right there, just pause there, that that sure. you know, with with Code of Honor, uh, I was listening to a podcast that talked about code of honor a number of years back and uh, uh you know if you don't watch the episode if you just listen to it or hear the synopsis the plot story of it it's Mm -hmm. actually not that bad it's not great yeah it's just not that bad yeah um yeah but when you watch it it's it's in the direction and and the filming and all of the stuff that you really see the the horrible uh sexism and racism well racism especially of that episode come out um yeah and I don't know. Maybe she clearly she was trying to channel some of that next generation uh, idea in this, but it
0: failed. Yeah. Yeah. And I again, this is this is season one. Um, this is episode uh, technically four, um, but you know it's only been a, a, a like what one and a half st- this is like the second story basically mm-hmm. um third if you count counting the movie but as far as like the television stuff is concerned this is just like the second story i, I it's early i understand it's early and the actors haven't found their the, their characters voices and the writers haven't either and the directors have you know i get it I, I i get it um and they had to record something uh so here we go and, and here's this thing it's just ugh, it's just gross and so but one thing, though, that I did notice immediately is that apparently there is some kind of TARDIS technology in the Stargate, and maybe this will be revealed later on. But um, they pop out and they immediately meet somebody who speaks English.
1: Huh? Yeah. Well. So
0: um, there's that.
1: There is that. Uh, that 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 is basically. It doesn't make sense. It, it it's foolish. Um, on the flip side, it makes for really bad storytelling. If every time you walk through a gate, you have to totally. have your interpreter figure out and you, you struggle with the language and whatnot. I, uh, I, I accept that. that. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And, and bottom line, that's it. That's all it is. It doesn't make sense that, uh, the Shavadai uh, would be speaking English, um, but uh you know for for the the sake of trying to tell a story of any kind of story um it's what you got to do uh, yeah, I will say though that it's only taking you a couple of episodes and you accept that Teal speaks English
0: perfectly. Oh, dang it. <laughs> well, you know, he was part of a warrior race, and undoubtedly he had to know the, the, the languages of his subjects. And so at some point, I'm confident that uh, Ra had plans to return back to Earth and subjugate the people once again. And so and to do so, he had to understand the language that was spoken by the people And the dominant language at the time. Uh, I, of- I call BS. <laughs> Uh, I'm counting pretty hard aren't I yeah, yeah so uh,
1: so so if if we can accept that Teal speaks English um, Fine. then then I uh, I'll give him a pass on that one <laughs> it, you're right it doesn't make sense but I'll give him a pass um, one of the things uh there there was a just after the rescue um, uh Carter from Turgan and his uh, cohort, uh, they're sitting around and they're talking about, uh, oh, remember that time on P3X 595? And, uh, you know, last week, well, more than last week ago, I was working on the the, the show notes for, for episode, uh, for The Enemy Within, episode two mm-hmm. for us, and uh, uh, you have uh, um, O'Neill and uh, Kowalski arguing over which planet they're going to go to, and uh, I thought, is that the same planet that, that O'Neill ends up going to? And, and then I looked closely and it is in fact a different planet. Um, which, which like, Oh, that would have been such a really great way to to kind of tie things together just subtly and carefully. Um, but one of the things that this does is it suggests that, uh, uh, the Stargate crew is going on adventures that aren't being shown on television, which is fine, which is fine, which is fine. Um, yeah,
0: there's a, uh, going back to our other, um, Uh, science fiction loves star trek uh the uh the the concept that uh that the terrible technology as was recorded in the 1960s for the original series you know it was futuristic for the time but uh thinking about uh Starfleet technology in that era within the construct of what is our current technology. Of course, it looks like it's taking a step backwards, right? With the little toggle switches and all that jazz. But if one, instead of thinking about it as uh uh, instead of it being like, you know, a documentary, if one thinks of it as a reenactment, then, you know, then, Hey, the reenactment can have all sorts of licenses. You know, the technology on the ship was actually far superior, but the reenactment didn't have it. So, Uh, so, uh, uh, uh the same thing with the Stargate you know if you want to think about it like a reenactment where it's like you know yeah there's adventures going on here there and everywhere like you know but we're gonna tell you about this one which now that I say that out loud that sounded far better in my head than it did <laughs> out of my mouth but uh you know we're gonna run with it because yeah. uh you know hey hey we, we are one of my going favorite to do podcasters our best says. to uh to show, not
1: edit this <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, you, fair listener, get to get to hear all the brain noodles as they come pouring yeah. out and splashing oh, around. Uh,
1: you know what? You totally forgot, and by you, I mean me, because I didn't put it in the show notes that you were supposed to read. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get a hold of us and talk about uh, oh, Stargate yeah. SG One Emancipation, uh, please email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail dot com. Um, yeah. You know if, if yeah I actually if get to, yeah if you take
0: umbrage seriously if you take umbrage to my um you know harsh analysis of the social commentary of this episode by all means write in i won't guarantee that my mind will be changed i'm almost confident that it won't be changed but hey give it a shot you know this is your
1: favorite episode if you Uh love this episode write us (laughs) tell us why you think it's the great episode and why we are wrong I want to know what you have to say. I yeah,
0: really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So, anything, uh, anything else, uh, good or bad, or
1: um. So uh, let's see here. I want to go back to uh, the Stargate uh, Command wiki. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and I just want to. Uh, there there are some quotes here that are kind of fun, so I wanted to. Um, Oh, the O'Neil says the hell with culture. A member of my team has been neutralized. That's a hostile act. And the Jackson that's says, a hostile act. how is it that you always manage to come up with the worst case scenario? And O'Neill says, I practice.
0: Uh, yeah, that was an OK. That was that was that was an OK moment. That's for sure. You know, there, there are some quips in I here practice. that are
1: kind of fun that that
0: uh, highlight the characters. Well, at least in some situations, mm-hmm. that's one of them. Uh, oh, I forgot to kind of bring out uh, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, I did. I don't think that it particularly worked that well. But when Jackson was trying to justify the high price that they were willing to pay for. Um, oh, shoot. I'm just as guilty as sin. What's the character's name? Carter. Who was it? Sam Carter. Carter. Thank you. Thank you. Sam Carter. Sam Carter. When they were justifying the high price they were willing to pay for Carter. Uh, and he's going on and on. And he's trying to up the Annie as far as like the importance that she has. I mean, he does go off the rails um, with the whole, like, shaman and chief of the tribe type of a thing. Um, yeah, but, but it's on the same token... so that she can be the chief to fight him in the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. so there's All some right.
1: consistent storytelling there, at least.
0: Um, yeah. Establishing her as some kind of person worthy of fighting and besting a chief of another tribe and having it be an honorable defeat as opposed to a dishonorable defeat.
1: Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Um
0: yeah. I'll buy that. Yep. Uh
1: okay. is there any is this any way to greet a stranger, says Mugai. Uh Raga. That one is a woman. O'Neill, observant bunch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that was uh,
1: Yeah. So there there are a couple of quippy quips in there that, that are fun. Yeah. Um so You know, but uh, yeah, overall, this is a forgettable episode.
0: I'm pretty confident that if we never saw this episode, that it would be fine.
1: So I would just like to point out. That I am so much a completionist that every time I have watched through this series, I have yeah.
0: watched this episode yeah I mean I, i'm I'm of the same ilk it's half the reason why I don't start so many things just because I can't stand not being a completionist and if I'm not going to give it the time due then I don't want to do it um, and that said yeah that's that's uh but but truthfully now. How many times have you watched it and paid attention fully? Probably twice. Crickets? Yeah. <laughs> Crickets? Probably the first time. And I'd be willing to bet the time that you and I watched it because you knew we were going to do a show on it. <laughs> That's true. Otherwise, it's just on.
1: I did rewatch it again a couple of nights ago because it was now about a week and a half ago that we, we were able to get together yeah. and watch it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, recording schedules sucks sometimes. Um, sometimes. Uh, so I did re-watch it a couple of nights ago. And uh, I paid... more than marginal attention to it, but I was doing other things, too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is totally acceptable. Uh, I think we're probably at the point, Brent, unless you have anything else you want to add, uh, that we can move into uh, our
0: rankings on this. I bet you that everybody is on the edge of their seat, wondering exactly How high I'm going to rank this episode.
1: Right. So out of seven Mm -hmm. Naquita, not
0: Naquita. Gosh, I'll get
1: this right. I will. Chevrons. Seven Chevrons. Chevrons. stupid pilot episode of us. When you, when that, (laughs) okay. Out of seven Chevrons, Brent, how many Uh does Emancipation get?
0: So I kind of wish that this episode was really about the general going rogue and forgetting his air force roots and bringing in the Marines to bring more, more order and liberating the team from the tyranny that is air force. I, it sounds like I'm bashing the air force. I really just don't care. Um, I, I because at least that one would be a bit more like a what the heck is going on type of an episode. And if, uh, and if me saying something to the effect of that, I think a person can skip this and it wouldn't matter if that's not enough of an indicator, (laughs) I'm not sure what is because I'm pretty confident. I can't justify anything higher than one Chevron for this episode. Oh, if I could give this the world is shocked less I know.
1: than one, which I, I could, because I made up the schedule, my, my, the, you, the, the you, scale yes, myself, you totally but, could. um, I'm, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to give this half a Chevron. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to give myself space to say something is in fact better than this, but still awful. Um, uh, but this is absolutely, without a doubt, my least favorite episode. I, yeah, uh, I'm going to give this, thing, this one yeah, no. half a chevron. Half
0: a chevron. So That's I like gave it three even stars more of a constellation. Brent. <laughs> In the competition of who hates it more, Zach wins. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh.
1: So uh as, as we look ahead, um uh I pulled up uh so the next episode is called The Broca Divide. Uh-huh. And on that alone right there, Brent, what is the Broca Divide
0: about? All right. The Broca Divide. Um it's Okay, so Kowalski somehow comes back as a uh, zombie character, and the entire SG-1 team is completely f- just flabbergasted as to how this could possibly happen. And a major plot point is that there is this like medical anomaly that happens when uh, a person's spinal cord is severed um, by the alien creatures whose name I forget right now. And uh, that is called the gold uh they they do something that's called the broca divide and it separates a person's capacity to be a human anymore and so it is the genesis of a three season long story arc where sg1 is fighting against basically the zombie horde the entire time how did i do (laughs) Perfect. perfect perfect uh
1: that's amazing um, so, so as, as as you hold that in, uh, dear listener, uh, I'm going to play uh-huh. the uh, the promo the the trailer for for episode uh, whatever it is, the Broken Divide. Uh, I don't know if you have it on your computer so uh, or not. So, if not, you can just listen and uh, go from there. Here it is. This mission was played from the start.
0: But when an alien disease follows them home Never seen a behavioral disorder like this All the victims are acting like ants. SG-1 loses control Look out, this is the guru When the animal inside Ooh. is set free Punches, kissing. kissing Are you saying we could have brought a new plague to this planet? On the
1: next Stargate SG-1
0: Hey, I'm not too far off there is nothing that this could totally be the ghoul, man. They could be a plague and turn people into, into, into kissing, punching savages.
1: Well, there you go. You know, um, so that is the Broca divide. And if you want to hear <laughs> what we have to say about the Broca divide, you will have to tune in next time. Yes.
0: So, so uh, thanks for listening. And I yeah. hope that you enjoyed my ceaseless banter about uh, just how terrible of an episode this was.
1: Uh, I promise they will get better. If you've never listened, never watched SG-1 before, they will get better than this. So, Good. Uh, yay for us and yay for
0: Stargate SG-1. <laughs> uh, I
1: think with that, uh, I'm Brent. No, I'm not
0: Brent. And I'm Zach. <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like how I just totally just rolled? You You said you're Brent. I said uh, I'm Zach. I didn't even think. It just happened. We're just naturals. Yeah. We're radio naturals.
1: We've known each other too long.
0: Too long. Okay. So so let's start that again. So who are you, Zach?
1: I am Zach. And I'm I'm Brent.
0: And you're Brent. He's Zach. I'm Brent. Yes.
1: And this is Walking Through the Stargate. Thanks for listening. Harder, dial
0: it up. (laughs) Get these people home.